The Dugout CEO Podcast is on the air. I'm Phil Van Horn, baseball lifer and fan of the Dugout CEO. Each week, Casey Cavell goes around the horn with baseball superstars, Hall of Fame coaches, and business leaders who've used baseball experience to win the game of life. Now batting, Casey Cavell. Nation, welcome to the Dugout CEO Podcast. Pumped up about today's episode. Today, I am joined by Jeremy Kubacek, who is the co-founder of Giant, a company that certifies coaches and consultants that serve companies and their employees. Jeremy has started over 25 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. He is a winner in the game of business, the game of sports, and the game of life. Jeremy, welcome to the Dugout CEO. Good to be with you, man. So super excited. So we can talk about baseball all day long on here, and pretty much everybody gets kind of bored with that stuff. But you got a pretty cool football background. Last time I saw you, you were on the sidelines, Oklahoma Sooners game, doing a bunch of cool things there. You're an advisor and mentor and just leader in sports all over the place. you got so many different cool things going on, and you've made such an impact in my life. And I'm so glad that you're here to share your story and encourage our listeners. So fun. Thank you. No, yeah, we, you know, we, we did is I just figured out um, how do I take my leadership stuff at Giant and all of the books and content and how does it work inside sports? And so uh, Joe Castiglione is a, a good friend of mine. I've been working with Joe at University of Oklahoma. Athlete, he's athletic director. And we've been working on how do you actually work on the mindset, leadership and performance in 21st century ways. And so we've been working on some unbelievably uh, unique technologies, indexes, assessments to get players. I mean, we're, we're doing things on uh, stress behavior. We're doing things on um, true potential versus performance, uh, sabotage, mental sabotage, all of the things that would take a player out. Uh, and then all of the issues with coaches have communicating with their players. And so that's really what we're, we're focused on. What is it Yogi Berra like? Baseball is 99% mental and the other half physical, which if you look at the math, it doesn't really work out, right? But like in sports, like what do you think it is? Because it seems like nowadays, like everybody's got the physical ability. And whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a coach, like everybody can do it. But it seems like it's the mental side of business, the mental side of the game that really takes a leader from, you know, an all-star to a Hall of Famer or average to an all-star. What do you what do you see there? So we've been, we do this with all of the, um, we, we train coaches on player shock and th- there's a player shock that happens when high school to college and that player shock really affects them because now they're not the big man on campus or they're not the best female athlete on their team that, you know, that phrase, everything has to slow down for them to get it. Well, there's that slowing down is that shock because what happens is it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not the highest. So my potential was at a nine out of 10. My performance was a nine out of 10 out of college, or high school. I went now from my potential, I'm looking at everyone else going, maybe I'm a five. And then their performance goes down and the coach is trying to get them up. So that's when player stress hits them. And when they understand player stress, it really comes down to their personality. That's why we created the five voices. If you know who you are and you can predict your leadership behavior, if your coach knows who you are, they can help you with player shock and player stress. Oftentimes the coaches don't slow down 
to do that. And, or the, the coaches are, look, I have my style. I am what I am. You have to adapt to me. And in 21st century, no, 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 no. We have to adapt the players because they can go portal They're They can transfer at any time. And so you don't have time to develop players anymore. You have one to two years in college to get a player. And so uh, the, the bigger the schools, they're using smaller schools to develop players now. And so it's really interesting. I mean, it's just a completely new era. So let's talk about that. You mentioned five voices, and that's the impact that you had on me. So a mutual friend of ours, Chad Merrill, kind of connected me to your book, Five Voices. Yep. Um, so yep. this book has been instrumental in my life, and it says how to communicate effectively with everyone you lead. So what is this five-voice concept? Because you kind of said that's a piece of this other leadership thing that you're also using with players and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm going to use a prop here, so um, a plant. So all of us are plants, right? But we're different types of plants. And I think we'd all recognize there's different. There's a cactus, a succulent, um, a ficus, and every plant needs different water. They need different sunlight. So what we've just done is we've taken um, the complexities of Carl Jung's work and where Myers-Briggs come, has come from, and we've simplified it in such an easier way because most people, they don't remember their personality or it's too complicated i'm a seven with a wing eight okay if i'm a enneagram or i'm a high i high d or i'm a, a enfp and, and people don't they they hear it and if they experience it in a workshop it maybe lasts for two weeks maybe three weeks but in our case we're like we have to make it simple enough for a 13 year old to get it so if a 13 year old can get it it will scale throughout an entire organization so we took and created our formula around Carl Jung's work called the five voices that breaks them down to five with different variations up to 16. So there's a, there's a nurturer, there's a creative, there's a guardian, there's a connector, and there's a pioneer. And each one of them have, have a really important, but they're not all equal in that there's 43% of the population are nurturers, 30% are guardians, so 73% of the population are present-oriented. That's massive. If you're leading a company and you don't know these, this data, it affects your employees. It affects your customers from a marketing standpoint. 27% are future-oriented. So there's all of these rifts and issues inside companies that 73% are present-oriented. They're looking at today up through this next week. 27% are future-oriented, but the typical executive team, the majority of executive team are the future oriented voices. So they lose people all the time. And so you've got to know who you're leading. And so that's why I'm done with coaches. You've got five different plants. You have to water them differently. But if you're a cactus, you're looking at another plant going, why do you need so much water? I don't need water. Why do you need that much water? Why are, you, why are your leaves dropping? My goodness, suck it up. Right. And that's what happens where. You, so if you just take the time to learn the voices, there's five. Learn them. Learn them in your family with your kids and your wife. Learn them with your executive team or your team. Learn them with any of your customers. All of a sudden, the whole world slows down for you as a leader. And you're like, oh, my goodness, he's a guardian. He wants 
black and white, detail, lots of information in a logical format that makes total sense, let's give it to him. That's what he wants. See what I mean? So in each one of them, there's what that person wants. So what we're doing is teaching people how to learn and understand personalities, but how to do so in a way that you'll never forget. And five voices is not forgettable. Once you do it, it stays with you forever. I like it. And I've done the, you know, Enneagram and I've done the Myers-Briggs and you're right. I forgot my letters or how do I actually apply it? Like it hits, but it doesn't commit to memory. And the five voices is something I've been using for years now because it's really simple. That's huge. So 27% of people in any organization, any team, any company, whatever, are future oriented. So that's the pioneer voice, I'm assuming. Uh, pioneer is 7%. Uh, okay. The connector um, is 11% and the creative is 9%. Got it. So pioneer, so, connector, and creative are all thinking a week ahead at least, right? They're thinking about the future. They're like, uh, they're seeing trends. They're seeing um, what happens. Oh my goodness. Do you see what's going to happen when Russia implodes? If Russia implodes, Poland is going to be a world leader. Japan is going to take the East and rival China. See what I mean? So you start thinking about ramifications and you start. So I'm, well, I'm doing that right now with the 21st century athletics. I'm working with Joe in college sports right now, but like, okay, what just happened with the realignment? Do we see what, what's going to take place is it's going to be too expensive to travel for smaller teams. So it's probably going to lead us to a football only conference. And all the other teams are going to have to play more regional because it's not sustainable for um, a West Coast school to fly to Rutgers. Yep. With I mean, it's sustainable for football, but their rowing team uh, or their you know uh, wrestling no, no, that doesn't work. See what I mean? So yeah. it's it's those dynamics that have you know it's kind of cause and effect. Well, that's what future-oriented voices tend to do. They look for trends, they look for hunches, they look for opportunities, and then, but, but they have to slow down to speed up. They have to slow down to build the bridge to their present-oriented people. So if you're a fast-charging pioneer executive or coach or leading people, you have to understand what do nurturers want? They wanna make sure that no one dies in the process of getting to the future. What do guardians want? They want to make sure that we're buttoned up and we're organized and we're not going to lose money or screw up what we've worked so hard to build to get to the future. But a lot of times the future oriented voices will look at the present oriented voices, the guardians and nurturers and go, why is your foot on the brake? And they're going, well, why is your foot always on the gas? And then there's this impasse and that's how you get church splits. That's how you get um, uh, drama and divorces. That's how you get all types of issues inside organizations where influence, because people haven't slowed down to speed up. They haven't understood the dynamics of relationships of people and how do we turn people into an asset. So, so you hit on some pretty big things here. Church splits. That's a big deal relationship splits, husband, wives, siblings, family members, organizations, companies like this is a root of a lot of problems. Like 
So what do we do? I, I, I get you wrote the book, but like, give us something specific to do, yeah. because I don't think we want the church that we're in to split, or I don't want to yeah. be divorced one day, or I want to have great relationships with my siblings. So what do you do with all this information? Well, so if you want to take the five voices, you can go to fivevoices.com, take the test. It's just an easy way to take the assessment. So side note, um, fivevoices.com. Here's what you do. Number one, you have, so far as it depends on you, you have to know yourself in order to lead yourself. We have this tool, uh, Know Yourself, Lead Yourself, and it's a process of understanding your tendencies. Your tendencies have patterns. Patterns lead to actions. Actions have consequences. Consequences shape your reality. If you don't like your reality, you can do detective work and go, okay, well, what did you do to get you there? And I always try to assume it's me first, not you. So, so therefore, it's working on myself. So I start there and I go, all right, what's my tendency here? Uh, so I figured out I have 28 tendencies that I've figured out about myself. I have a tendency to overshare. I have a tendency to raise my voice in an argument. Um, I have a tendency to um, exaggerate. doesn't mean I do. I just have a tendency based on my personality to get excited. I have a tendency to name drop. I have a tendency, see what I mean? And so if you know, like, okay, I have a tendency to name drop, um, but when do I do it? What's my pattern and why do I do it? When I get excited about a story or if I'm trying to prove myself, I can name drop historically. What do, what do I do? I'm like, well, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that reminds me of the time I was with Tony Blair for the day in London. I was in the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, in my world, because of the things I've done with LeaderCast and Catalyst, I've had all these big speakers and big events. And I have a lot of people that I can name drop at any time. It's not, um, sometimes it's not intentional, I just do it. So what happens, what's the outcome when I do that? What are the consequences? People can go, oh, this guy, trying too hard. He's, what is, who is this guy? Why is he always name dropping? He's trying to prove himself. And then what's the reality? People, my influence might be a little off because, but I know that about myself. I know I can sulk, I know I can be irrational. I also have positive things. Like I know I can see the future in other people. I can see their future more than they can see it for themselves. I can irrationally call people up and I, mean, I can powerfully call people up and encourage them. Um, I can, I'm a good listener. I can see holes and opportunities. So I have positive tendencies and I have negative tendencies, but to know yourself, to lead yourself. And when you, when you lead yourself, when people see that you're leading yourself, then you'll have more influence. They'll want to hear from you on other areas. But if you tell someone to read a book, but you haven't read it yourself, it's hypocrisy. You're telling someone to do it. And that's what happens all the time with leaders. They're, it's, hip, it's hypocrisy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see, you're saying, you tell me to do it, but you won't do it. And therefore, everyone, so I just, where do you start? You start with leading yourself. Start with knowing yourself. Start learning your tendencies. And then you can predict it. You can predict under stress where you're going to go. You're going to, and you know what's going to happen uh, when you haven't done X or Y. So that's the start. And then the second thing is to help other people know themselves, but learn the voice of your spouse. Learn the voice of your partners or teammates or your key employees. Know it. And when you do, start speaking their language. 
it's like Casey, I used to live in Russia uh, back in the 90, early 90s. And so I learned um, I learned how to speak Russian in a very fast way. And then two years in, I'm, I mean, I was not um, I, I was fluent enough to get around. Right. I mean, I could I could order food and knew my but because I had tried and I was around some other Americans and they didn't try who had more influence me sure. because I, I was attempting to speak their language. So, um, you know, I'm joking, but, uh, you don't speak Russian, I'm assuming. So my point in all of that is, is that, um, learn the voice of those that are in your life and they will be more open to you. So this whole know yourself to lead yourself, is there a certain percentage of people that you would say based on your experience that really know themselves like deep, what these things are, these tendencies, these problems you mentioned a couple of things about, Hey, I talk too much or, Hey, I brag a little bit or, Hey, I sometimes get a little angry or mad because I remember going through your program and I didn't know myself like at all. Like I thought maybe I did, or maybe it wasn't even something I even thought of, right? I was just doing life. I was just taking action. I was just building businesses, but I didn't really have a chance to think who am I and what are my challenges? What are my issues? So did you, do you get there overnight or how do you figure out about these tendencies? So part of it, is, so yeah, every day I have an exercise. Uh, it's called the examine. I do it every day at 530. And um, it's three things. Number one, I'm like, well, what was great about today? What was really, really good? What's a highlight? Uh, and I might text someone, hey, Casey, thanks for that today. It was really cool. Thanks for the opportunity. Then I go, where was I off today? Where was I not at peace today? And I'll analyze it at 530. I usually I'm driving and I'm like, huh, why did that make me mad? Why? Oh, because... I felt like they were uh, not valuing me. Okay, so why am I seeking honor? Do I need honor from that person? No, it's just petty. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Is this a tendency of yours? Yeah. Why does this keep happening? So I'm analyzing every day in short accounts. That's how I figured out my 27, 28. Uh, and then the last thing I do is I look at tomorrow. Am I ready for tomorrow? What's my schedule? Is my mindset ready? Anything I need to do? And, you know, and by doing that, there's certain times I've had to go and apologize to people for something that happened that day. Every once in a while, I'm like, hey, I'm going to confront someone because this was an issue that came up. But very rarely, most of the time, it's me. And I go, I am a little petty in that regard. So what's happening is this. I've learned how to manage my emotions so that other people don't have to manage my emotions. And that's the key. How can you manage your own emotions so that others don't have to manage your emotions? So, Jeremy, I want to talk a little bit to the pioneer voice. I think everybody that's listening to this, you know, if they're a visionary, they're an entrepreneur, they're a coach, you know, they're the one making stuff happen. I see a lot of pioneers and entrepreneurs, right, and CEOs. Talk about that voice specifically, because I think that voice has sometimes the most power to do really, really good things. And sometimes it has the power to do really, really, really tough things, build things up and break things down. Can you speak specifically about that voice? Yeah, the problem is with what you said is it's true. There's a lot of pioneers in those roles. The problem is that a lot of them are playing it on TV because they think they should be. 
And so, like, for, gosh, for most of my career, I played a pioneer because I thought, well, that's what you do. But I'm really connector, creative pioneer. Connector first, creative second, pioneer third. So I think it's a lot of men in particular, they'll take the five voices like, yeah, I'm actually a pioneer. Like, you're a nurturer who's playing one on TV. I can tell you a person that is really well known who is a nurturer, nurturer connector who plays a pioneer. And so um, anyway, but let's just say that you are, you're a pioneer. Um, pioneers, er, every one of us has some stress behavior and the stress behavior, we have a weapon that we use. So the pioneer is a grenade launcher. Uh, they'll blow people up. Um, they'll always walk around with grenade launcher. All right, let's go. Uh, let's start the meeting. Uh, best ideas win. I'll go first. Right. And then they'll share their idea. Uh, what'd you say, Casey? No, but boom, that's exactly what we don't want. Why do you always, you know, blah, 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 blah. All right. Who's next? Anyone else? And guess what those guys get? Those guys get yes people around them. They don't get collaboration. They don't get people. They get like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I mean, it's like hierarchy, whatever you say, we'll do it. And so those, those businesses, a lot of founder led, they'll stagnate a lot. Um, so that's the stress behavior of a, of a grenade launcher. Let's just make it happen and blow it up. What should they do? They have to know and understand the dynamics of all the voices. They can't be the first one to speak in a meeting. They need to be the last one to speak. So then what you do is you have your nurturers go first. Nurturers go first because uh, they're a quiet voice. Creatives that are future oriented are actually a quiet voice. They're introverts. So you have them go next. Then you get into the guardian, let them go next. Then the connectors, which is me, and then the pioneers. If you follow those rules of team engagement, you're going to pull out the best of other people. What will happen with the pioneer, because they're so future oriented, I'm like, we got to take that mountain. They're thinking about the business 10 times more than their employees. They've thought through all the scenarios. They go to sleep thinking about it. They wake up thinking about it. So when someone else brings an idea in, you're like, no, no, that's stupid. I thought of that two weeks ago. Yeah, no, no, no. Next, anyone up? No, no. Here's what we need to do, right? And it just, it doesn't build a long-term sustainable culture. Um, it, you can get a lot done in a short period of time, but you probably have burned everybody out by the time you got there. You know, I think that was probably my story. I have some pioneer in me and a guardian, and I'll put a link to one, the assessment, so everybody can take it so you know, and then a short description of what each of these voices mean in the show notes. Um, because once you know who you are, then one, read the book because it talks about your strengths and your weapons and all of that kind of stuff. Because I was that pioneer where I got things done real quick, but I was like doing it 80, 90% on my own, and then I burnt out rather than. Mm -hmm learning, all right, I got a connector over here. I got a nurturer over here. I got a guardian over here. What do they need from me? Because I think in business and leadership and teams, we want to be focused on the future and creating and building things, but we got to realize we can't do it on our own. We need a team. So where do you, where do you go to start as far as figuring that out? Cause it was so hard for me in the path and the journey was so tough. So we've created a really simple system at Giant. It's, it's called a catalyst, and the catalyst is an internal um, people champion. Um, and so someone who really, really just 
believes it, understands it, and gets it, then we train them. And it's so inexpensive. We made it $199 a month. I mean, it's like, how do we make it so everyone can do this? And so you get a, a catalyst inside, and then they take the test with their employees. And then you start to grow and start to... So it's not like... And we have external guides, uh, uh, consultants and coaches, too. But it's the combination. Sometimes you need external people to help. Sometimes if you train your internal people, but it becomes part of the water stream. And you start using the tools. You start using the five voices. And now you start un unpacking and knowing your, your people. That's how we found that it scales. So we have small businesses that are using it all over. It's just the giant operating system. It's really simple. And they get trained internally to do it. Now, bigs do it too. So we have Google who uses it, Microsoft. A lot of the, the large companies will use Giant because it scales so well. But it's mainly, it's a system. And it's, it's, it's a system of mirrors and lenses. We say that a lens is like, if I have uh, glasses on, I can see you better. Oh, Casey's a pioneer guardian or a guardian pioneer, whichever one you are. I got it. Okay. I get him now because I know the language. I can see you better. So that's one way it helps. We have tools and all the tools are visual and the tools are like mirrors. I can put a tool and go, know yourself, lead yourself. Okay, Casey, this is a tool. What's your tendency? What's your pattern? Where are you? And then we can use the mirror because the mirror doesn't judge. It reflects reality. So the mirrors and the, the, the lenses basically help shape your people and turn your people into an asset. That's a system. It's a process. It takes time, but we made it super inexpensive and super scalable. And it's just a 21st century people development, leader development process. It's just different. The old style was go to a seminar and read a book. People don't do that anymore. So we created visual tools, lots of video, and then we train people to train people to train people to train people. And that's how it, it scales. Got it. So we have five voices. That's yep. the people component. And then five gears. We don't need to go in depth with five gears, but that was the thing ultimately that I think was like a light bulb of how to get more stuff done and get more of the right stuff done and be present wherever you are. Talk about what led into five gears and just briefly what it is. And I'm going to link that book in there too, because I think five voices paired with five gears. I mean, it really is the fuel for any organization. So talk about that. Yeah. So it, it really came, and this is like the, the family circle is really where it started. So, you know, my son and I built a company called six summers. It came from this, like when, when my kids were 10, you know, 13 to down to eight, my wife was like, Hey, when you're here, you're not here. Where are you? Where do you go? And it was like, you're, you're not present and you're overproductive and your phone is always in your hand. And, and I love you, but I need you here. Just be present. And, you know, I kind of took that as nagging and uh, like, oh yeah, well, do you know what I'm doing? And all that stuff and the pride that was there. When I finally humbled myself for my wife and they're like, you're exactly right. I need help. Um, I came up with a system and, and then Steve Cochran and I ended up writing it. And it basically the system was there's a time and place for everything. There's a gear for everything, just like a car. Do you know an automatic car shifts for you? Like, you know that, right? 
the, it's in first gear and it knows when to automatically shift into second, then it shifts to third, fourth and fifth, and then it downshifts and it does it all for you. But it's automatic. Most people are still driving a manual stick shift and they stay stuck in fourth and fifth gear. So fifth gear is focus mode, fourth gear is task, third is social, second is connect mode, first gear is recharge. We need all of those gears in any given day. We need to recharge. We need to connect and go deeper. We need social time. We need task. We need to focus. But the problem is, is that um, oftentimes people will use subjective comments like, you know, Casey, dude, you're just, you're always intense, man. You're never, you never just chill. And it's like, well, that's harsh. That's, that's some absolutes. Instead, could it be, hey, Casey, and I call a play. I hold up three fingers and go, hey, we're in social mode right now. You're in four. You're in task mode right now. And right now, your influence is going down to everybody else because we're all over here in third gear. And so what has to happen for you is you need to shift from fourth down to third. You didn't automatically do it. You should have, but you didn't. But it's okay. I'm calling your play. Dude, three. And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, my bad. My bad. So instead of have you gotten the email from Mark, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? That's third gear. So what happens then at home, um, I started to use take these phones and I started to not have control over me. So I picked a marker on my way home. And this is a key component of six summers. Um, we take a marker on the way home. And when I see that marker, that trigger point, for me, it's uh, I'm in Oakland City. So it's the Life Church U version. They have this big cross. When I see that cross, I'm four minutes from my house. And when I'm, when I'm there, I, I get off the phone and I think about what are we doing tonight? Okay, we're going to go on a walk. We're going to have dinner with our friends. Uh, this is the conversation I want to have with Kelly. And I shift gears from fourth gear in my brain to a different gear. So by the time I arrive at home, I'm appropriately in the right gear at the right time. I've downshifted. Yeah. And, but I needed a marker, a trigger to get me there. Um, I've used it at, at work with meetings. I've got a meeting at 4 o'clock at 3.58. Um, my alarm goes off and I shift into third gear. Casey, or I'll think, what do we want to get accomplished? Then Casey walks in. I start with third gear. Hey, dude, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? What did you guys do? And a lot of leaders are afraid of that question because they think it's going to take too much time. The problem is it only takes about a minute and a half, two minutes. And then you shift and goes, okay, what are we working on today? That's an upshift from third to fourth gear. So when you understand that, you become emotionally present. Guess what happens? That person starts to like you. Oh, you're real. You're not a robot. Oh, you're human. Oh, you care. It's two, three minutes. Gets your influence to go up a notch and people want to be around you. But it's the when people are overproductive and underpresent, they actually lose influence. And over time, they become underproductive because they got to deal with all of the drama they created because of a divorce, <laughs> because of turnover, because of people leaving, and all because they didn't know how to be present with people. Wow. I, I mean, what you said just hit because looking back at 
some of the things that I've created that have done really well and some of the things that I created that I thought were doing well but blew up was because I wasn't implementing both the voices and knowing myself and then knowing who I'm working with and then ultimately being totally present. And I was a guy as a pioneer guardian, I would jump into fourth and fifth gear like all the time. And I was always expecting other people to be there. I burnt myself out and I burnt others out. And it wasn't until one, I read five voices and then two, I started implementing five gears that I've been better like at work, but also at home. And my wife and I, we actually use it on our calendar too. We're putting hey, third gear time or second gear time or first gear time on Sundays or whatever it is to recharge. So Jeremy, keep up the great work. This is fantastic. I mean, I want to, you know, I only promote things that I've actually used and I've actually used and received amazing results from. So both of these are that. So thank you for everything you're doing. And anybody, you've kind of dropped a couple of links. We'll put the five voices assessment in the show notes. Where else would people go to learn more about you and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so I mean, if you're in the sports world, uh, BeBetterLeaders.com, you can kind of see the assessments we're doing for uh, athletes, for coaches, um, and then SixSummers.com. If you want to do something, if you want to drop this into your family and use it for your family, and then create some amazing experiences or go on trips, um, take a look at it. And then GiantWorldwide.com is where our our main business is. So got a few things going, and those are all just um, helping uh, people become intentional, helping them see what it's like to be on the other side of themselves, and then giving them really, really practical tools to do something about it. This is great. Let me get you out of here on this. Oklahoma football, favorite player memory of all time being a kind of fan. Well, so it's funny because I'm not really a fan. I mean, I didn't grow up an OU football fan. So I actually am an Oklahoma State fan historically, which actually is good because I'm objective. I'm not a homer. Uh, but I'll tell you um, what I what I love is I love um, I love the ability to take someone and shape them and change them. I probably can't share names of it because it's you know I can't. But it's uh, taking a player, and I've got one in particular who had this unbelievable aha where he was trying to prove himself so uh, so much and he finally got to the point where he realized it and he did something with it and he humbled himself to him his players his his co-players and uh golly in one year this guy's influence has just shot up and now he's going to have unbelievable influence on the team if he stays healthy and um and it was just a it was literally just dealing with insecurity and giving him a chance without judgment to see it himself and do something about it, that's the most amazing thing in sports. So let's go back to Oklahoma State then. So Oklahoma State, because I know, but your son went to Oklahoma, right? So was that tough for you or how yeah, did that? Ran, it, it was back in the day. It's not anymore. <laughs> but my son was a decathlete. I mean, he was he ran track multi at OU. And so, um, yeah, he's a stud. Will Kubitschek, he's amazing. Uh, yeah, so no, I grew up in the Barry Sanders days, so I was there uh, the very first time that Barry Sanders touched the football on a college, and he goes 102 yards for a touchdown on a kickoff. And then the very last time he ever touched the ball um, at Oklahoma State, he goes 103 yards on a kickoff return, which is just amazing to see. And I was at both games. So, you know, th- those are the, that was an era that was unbelievable. But um, but now I'm around. I mean, I'm around talent. It's unreal watching these 
OU players and other sports, you know, that we get to, to serve and be, be at. But, yeah, it's fun. Really cool. Well, Jeremy, thanks. Keep up the great work. The impact that you're making um, is just tremendous. So we'll make sure we link everything in the show notes. And thanks for uh, bringing your perspective to the Dugout CEO podcast. You the man. Thanks, Casey. Good to see you. You bet. Cheers, everyone. Dugout Nation, this is good stuff. I have used all of these principles in my life and have experienced winning more at home, in my companies, and with my clients. I have taught all these things to my clients, and I see how they make an impact. So here are three big takeaways that I learned today from our time with Jeremy. Number one, figure out which voice you are. There's five of them. That pioneer, the champion of results and progress. The creative, champion of innovation. Connector, champion of relationships and strategic partnerships. Nurture, the champion of people. And guardian, champion of responsibility and stewardship. They all have strengths. They all have weaknesses. You first must know your voice and what your strengths are, the things that could hold you back, or make you get to the next level. Then start to learn the voice of those you lead and see how you can work better together. Number two, know yourself to lead yourself. First realize that you are the root cause of any problems that you're currently facing, but you're also the solution. So many people point blame at others. They point a finger, but by owning your piece of what's happening to you and your business, and if you don't like the current situation that you're in, the first step is call it, own your piece of it, respond to it, execute and make it better. And number three, bring on capable people. I have seen what Jeremy has built in all of these different companies and whatever business he has, right? He has dozens. He does a great job of putting top quality people in charge after he leaves the day to day. He isn't the guardian, the personality that loves running the day to day and operating the business and putting in the systems and making sure everything gets done. He's the idea guy. He's the innovator. He's the pioneer. That's all about future vision and expansion. But what he does really well is he always puts a guardian in place to ensure whatever he starts runs and operates the best way possible. You pioneers, those visionary entrepreneurs, make sure you have a great guardian in your corner. Thank you for joining us once more for another episode of The Dugout CEO. We want to get you the tips you need to become an MVP of what you do. Sign up for our Friday Focus newsletter and you'll receive a valuable tip each Friday morning to help you build the business and life you want. You can sign up by going to CaseyCavell.com or click the link in the show notes. And make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get notification on our next episode. And one way you can help us book more great guests like this is to please leave us a rating and honest review in the Apple or Spotify podcasting app.